Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at AllianceSafetyCouncil.org and by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We talk a lot about the importance of getting in shape, especially at the beginning of a new year or before hitting the beach, but do you know what it really means to be in shape? And do you know what it really means to be healthy? It's a question local businesses and entrepreneurs are helping their clients better understand using new technologies and new approaches to fitness. Joining me today at the table to discuss this is Tiffany Stewart, a clinical psychologist and the director of the Behavioral Technology Lab at the Pennington Biomedical Research Center, where her work focuses on breaking the illusion that looking healthy, which is to say looking skinny or sexy, is not the same thing as being healthy. In her work, Tiffany uses technology like apps and games that she has helped develop that aim to improve health and performance. When she was in her teens and 20s, Tiffany spent several years as a competitive gymnast. Today, she takes her cues from soldiers and athletes about what an ideal body weight really is and collaborates with local and national organizations to explore and illuminate the idea that a body's idealized form and actual function are not always one and the same. Tiffany, this is such an important message that so many people need to hear, and I think it's such interesting. So I'm glad you're here with me today. Thanks for joining us on Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. With me and Tiffany is Hayden Clark, owner of Iron Tribe Fitness, a local boutique health club that focuses on getting its clients healthy through 45-minute high-intensity group workouts paired with one-on-one style coaching. Iron Tribe is a Birmingham-based company with some 50 franchise-owned studios around the country. Hayden opened Baton Rouge's first Iron Tribe in 2017 and has seen its membership grow as customers today are increasingly turning to that boutique health club model over the traditional all-purpose gym. Hayden is a Baton Rouge native, he grew up here, who studied at the Baptist Theological Seminary in New Orleans before becoming a personal trainer and then health club owner. Hayden, it has been an interesting journey, I'm sure, no doubt. We look forward to hearing your story. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, Tiffany, I want to start with you because you gave a TED Talk a while back on the LSU stage that was just incredible. Your message and the theme of your research is that looking healthy is not the same thing as being healthy. How revolutionary is this message today? And how did this come to be your mantra? Stephanie, it is very revolutionary. You know, since the roughly the 1970s, when we have Twiggy and coming up in the 80s with Jane Fonda, our culture has been very invested in appearance. And when that trend started, it was very much about weight and leanness. And what we've seen over the past two decades of research with the Army and with athletes is that long-term sustainment, not only of our health and aging optimally, 
but our health habits is really more complicated than that. As you mentioned, I have a history of being a competitive athlete. Uh, gymnastics in particular is the perfect storm for these, <laughs> right. these no things, question. this combination of elements, because particularly in my time, the focus was not only on being an optimal performer, but also being optimally lean. Right. And because we all have obviously genetically diverse body sizes um, and such, sometimes an optimally performing body is not uh, the leanest body. And so in my time, for example, we didn't even lift weights to be stronger because the, one of the expectations was that we were going to be really lean wow. for competition. But to do those optimal tricks and everything that you're training for, you have to be strong too. And so um, I think over the last two decades of research, looking at our soldiers who are expected to perform optimally on the battlefield and also recover optimally, uh, in our athletes and prevention of injury, we've learned that a complex approach of functional fitness, if you will, is key to long-term sustainment of performance. And you hear the word functional a lot more today yes. in all time. I mean, there are even health clubs here called functional, you know, integrated yes. therapy. Yes, and what has happened also over those last two decades is that health behaviors, because our society has been very invested in appearance, health behaviors have, in a way, been marketed to us for the sole purpose of changing appearance. Mm -hmm. And what we know from our research is that, regardless of size, we all need to do these health behaviors to sustain our health long-term. And I think that this message is very revolutionary because up until this point, we have been very focused on appearance as our driver, right? Um, for health change. But what we're finding is to sustain our bodies long-term, we need to have a very functional focus in our habits, our daily habits. Yeah. So interesting. Now, Hayden, your business, Iron Tribe, is also about helping people get healthy. How much of your business do you think comes from people who want to actually get healthy versus people who just want to look better? <laughs> and, and do you think they get the difference? Do you get the difference? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I what Tiffany said about uh, a more functional approach and one that's not so focused on, say, a scale or this transformation, somebody coming in, I want to lose weight here, lose weight here. What we try to instill is more behavioral change, lifestyle changes, habits, if you will. The byproducts of those from a body composition standpoint yield what they will and the healthiest person um, thereafter. So the focus for us isn't so much on uh, convincing somebody that we can help them be that magazine-like person, <laughs> if you will, because that's just not that's not that's not real. It's not honest. Uh, there are so many different body types, and as Tiffany said, the most optimal state of health for somebody may not be at a very lean state. They may naturally hold more body fat and and we want to educate people on that and 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 um, I think our approach really for people whether they're coming to us for that body transformation or they're just coming uh, to uh, work out and uh, be healthy at the end of the day we're just trying to instill some habits and education and we know if we're able to do that then behaviors will change and they'll they'll reap 
great benefits from and it. And how do you know what healthy is for a given client? I mean, and are you looking at metrics like their BMI and their blood pressure and their overall weight and, you know, or, or you know, performance in certain tests? So or? when someone comes in Iron Trap, one of the first things we use is a body composition scale. Uh, the machine that we use is called the N-Body 570, and it measures... Um, your skeletal muscle mass, your, your body fat percentage. Uh, it gives you a graph and breaks down where you're holding your body fat mass, where you're holding your lean body mass. And then the doctors that created this machine give some suggested goals long-term to reach for. Things for that individual that would be healthy. So we use those metrics to develop um, a plan, if you will, uh, around eating habits and exercise that get them to, you know, to, to make those changes. Attain those goals. Now, Tiffany, how does this factor into the work that you do at Pennington? As the head of their behavioral lab, what are you doing day in and day out? Well, for the past um, couple of decades, what we've tried to do is take the best science we have in obesity, eating disorders, body optimization, um, in body image and apply it to programs and products that we could bring people, meeting them where they are. So for example, we have high performance populations like soldiers and athletes, but we also work with women, children, and families to optimize health over time. And when you say we, this is at Pennington? Our laboratory, yes. Okay, cool. Um, and so they're like clients of yours or they're subjects of your research or both? Um, both, actually. So what we've done over time, you might have heard the buzzword translational science. Yes. And our goal with translational science is to be, bring things from bench to the bedside. Mm -hmm. So I always say that sometimes good science dies in the journal. So if you've ever <laughs> heard this saying, um, and what that means is we do a bunch of studies and we publish them in, in scientific journals, which is great. Um, but if those programs are never brought out of the laboratory and that good science isn't translated into something everybody can use, then what is the point? So right. um, many things we use on a daily basis, um, more commonly medications, things of that nature, you know, have been influenced or come out of science. What you think about less is things like habit change methods that maybe psychologists use to help people improve their mood or lose weight or do different things for their health. And so what we've been doing for the past couple of decades is taking all of that good habit change science and behavioral theory in applying it to products and programs that people can use. For example, like apps and games and um, things of that nature. So we're talking like tech transfer here, yes. basically. Um, and for example, we have a product that is used by the Army, Army-wide. Um, it is an application we've developed over the last uh, 15 years to target nutrition, fitness, and sleep, wow. and optimal resilience in soldiers and their family members. And as you might imagine, the iterative process of technology development, uh, we started this in roughly the year 2001. Not everybody had a phone in their hand at that time. Right. So the idea that we would ever be taking a phone and an app to the gym to uh, direct our <laughs> workout um, is revolutionary. And some of these uh, good behavioral science can now be integrated. Mm -hmm. It is worth saying that we have tons of commercial products on the market right now for health and fitness, and many of them have not been influenced by science. So this military app, for instance, just tell us a little bit about more what it actually does. Okay. 
if you think about the combination of a behavioral coach, a fitness coach, a psychologist, and a Fitbit all integrated into one, that would be our product. Oh. And so the idea is that soldiers, even while deployed, can use this app to establish better nutrition, fitness, and sleep habits, work on their mood, try to uh, stay calm in deployment, be resilient when coming so, like, home. Send them little motivational right. messages during the day. Uh, we have food tracking. We have activity tracking. We have, um, in war, soldiers have downtime to physically train. We have um, individualized fitness training programs for them. And it's all rolled up into a program that was actually based on Army standards for optimization of training. So at any given time, soldiers have to meet standards to remain in the military, to get promoted, to be optimally ready for deployment. And our app was designed specifically to help them meet those standards. So this would be an, op an example of a commercial product for health and fitness, but tailored to a high up-tempo population, and there's nothing else out there that meets that need. And you actually sell this to the military? Absolutely. For how long? How many years have y'all been doing that? Um, we started the development of an internet-based program in the year 2001, and that was at a time where we had to actually make sure that soldiers had internet right. to be utilized for that purpose. And if you roll the clocks forward to 2018, we now have smartphone apps and smartwatches and, and all of that, and it's being delivered on those platforms. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Tiffany Stewart of the Pennington Biomedical Research Center and Hayden Clark of Iron Tribe Fitness. Well, Hayden, what do you all do at Iron Tribe Fitness that is different and unique than other boutique fitness centers, of which I know there are a growing number here in Baton Rouge. Right. Yeah. So, um really enjoy listening about the technology and uh, it's very interesting uh, but it, it's one thing that um, we use some technology but as it relates to your question what do we do differently the main focus uh, for me personally is to build a community atmosphere mm -hmm. I think that um, uh, you you've heard the quote from the Starbucks founder where he he basically said I want Starbucks to be the third place for people. They have work, they have home, and they have Starbucks, a place to come, enjoy good coffee, and uh, good conversation. So when people walk in our doors, uh, they're not another number. They're an individual. They're a mm -hmm. person. And what they're bringing to the table, it's a lot of different things. You know, they could be a mom. They could be a dad. They could be an entrepreneur. They could be... Um, a, a teacher and so we deal with such a broad variety of different people with different professions and different goals different history of fitness and I think what sets us, sets us apart is that relationship that the coaches have with each individual that your names acknowledge whenever you walk in the doors it's something that we kind of make a standard for the coaches within six seconds that person uh, gets greeted by a coach, by name. We think that's really important, and um, it really builds a sense of trust with your people, and I think building that level of trust is really important when we're asking them to make lifestyle adjustments that are difficult. Does something like Iron Tribe, I mean, you only open when you have scheduled classes, <clears throat> or 
Yeah. Because that's one of the reasons that, like, I've never joined a boutique yeah. fitness center because I want to go when I want to go. Of course, Are there yeah. other, can you stay after class and work out or go before class or what? So it's, it's, it is class-based uh, when it comes to the workouts. And people have about nine to ten class options throughout the day. It's 45-minute classes. You schedule through the app. It's really convenient to get mm -hmm. into a class. But, no, you can't just come in and do your workout uh, on your own. Now, we do have outside of class times. All of my coaches are full-time. So I have four full-time coaches, two in the morning, two in the evening. Yeah. And you can set up what's called a coach's assessment. So if you wanted to work on something more one-on-one, -on -one, then we'd be more than willing to have you come in outside of class. And, and, and maybe that's you want to work on getting your first pull-up. Then... Come right. On, come on in. Now, you are the only franchisee in Baton Rouge at this point. Mm -hmm. Plans to open more, or do you have a license, say, for this whole area? Yes. Or how does that for, work? For the area, I do plan to open at least two more in the Baton Rouge area. Where we've been uh, looking for our second location uh, for the last several months and are excited uh, and think we have some potential uh possibilities okay so, that's good yeah. and then there are others in in louisiana as there well. is one in new orleans and i started there as a coach in 2014 and coached there for just over a year and then my wife and i were both from baton rouge she got a teaching position back home so we moved back and uh, started the conversation of what it would look like to open up an iron tribe my dad is uh, a corporate attorney in town and has a lot of business experience uh, managing Keen Miller and always kind of wanted to invest in a local business, but um, by trade is not much of a risk taker <laughs> uh, and uh, decided with my mom and the rest of my family that this was a good opportunity for us as a family um, and he, he believed in the leadership of Iron Tribe and so we're really growing the, the brand of Iron Tribe in Baton Rouge as a family, and that's been a lot of fun. That's really so. great. Now, Tiffany, you started out as, as a gymnast, as we, as we discussed. How did you make the transition from gymnast to clinical psychologist? That's a great question. I would say that being a gymnast all of the years, I had sort of an injury-prone body, if you oh. will. And that is a very deep learning process about your body function and optimization of health. And so as I transitioned from a competitive gymnast, I became very interested in issues that are relevant to that population. So body image, eating disorders, that evolved into an in interest in the budding science of obesity, which was occurring around um, you know, the mid-1990s. And we started doing research very early. My dissertation work was on body image and how it impacted people's habits and things like that. What we learned very on is very early on is that as the obesity epidemic began to spike, and as I, that appearance culture I mentioned earlier was still very heavy hitting, the difference between what we wanted our bodies to look like and what they were starting to look like as we gained more weight over time as a population, that divide essentially became our body dissatisfaction. Hmm. And we began to normalize this idea that we're all just sort of dissatisfied with our bodies and what they look like. And that was very early work of mine as a student. Interesting. And uh, where this began to eventually evolve was 
function with injuries, things like that, as we begin to try to optimize our fitness and hit appearance targets, that can sometimes produce more injury or more limitations. And how you optimize your health when you're trying to work with different limitations is a very big challenge. Um, our goals of being a certain weight or, or looking a certain way sometimes are undercutted by these things. And that began to have us question the science, well, what is the optimal goal? And so for our soldiers and athletes, it's definitely doing their job, right? Right. But when they're optimized and our bodies are optimized, they all look different. Mm -hmm. And can we live with that? So as you asked me earlier, um, if function over form was revolutionary idea, what's happened is with our obesity culture and focusing on health behavior specifically for the purposes of weight loss, it's very important we have a diabetes epidemic and obesity epidemic. But by the same token, everybody needs to engage in healthy fitness, healthy nutrition, and all of that. And so finding our target for long-term health optimization versus just a weight goal or versus just an appearance goal is key because what we've learned in the science is that, and some of what you were saying actually, is that our deeper why matters. Yeah. So to get us to show up every day, what we've learned in the science is that appearance, while sounding counterintuitive, will not do that for us alone. So hating your body, for example, is it's not, to get you to right. the it's no, not, not the motivator <laughs> you isn't. would think it would be. I'd be doing great if that was To, <laughs> to change um, long-term sustainment of habit change, what we realize is that some of this fitspiration and before and after pictures and idealized body size things that we see in gyms, what happens is while it might motivate a small amount of individuals, marketing people really believe that, it discourages a lot of individuals. So what is the greatest motivation? Is it? I think it goes back to what I was saying in terms of building that individual relationship with each person and what she was saying and that, and as the coach, realizing that individual's why, what is going to motivate them? Because it, it may not be the very same thing as the person to the left or right. And nine times out of ten, it is not the same thing. And that is, it's a really difficult, um, I would say, thing as a coach to, there's no standard, if you will, in terms of if I do these four things as a coach, the person on the other side of the relationship's going to 100% of the time see the changes that they want and maintain those things. So one of the things I always tell people regardless of their why is consistency with healthy habits over a long period of time will uh, yield the greatest results. So if you can buy into whatever fitness program it is or um, there's a lot of different nutrition fads out there, uh, we don't really glue ourselves to any one of those. Uh, we're very much so about eating real whole foods, but if um, if people, uh, not everybody has the same why, and I think yeah. that's important for each fitness concept to realize because you can intimidate people um, whenever they're walking in the doors, and the moment that you somebody's intimidated, it it doesn't matter how strongly they want that change. They're turned off. Huh? They're turned yeah. off. So I think the goal for us a lot of times is. Just breaking those barriers down because a lot of people have been burned by 
nutritional fads or right. new, uh, fitness fads. Well, Tiffany, you also worked in the private sector. I mean, in addition to your work at Pennington, you've had side businesses. Right. Where you would do what, like offer consulting services to businesses or individuals with respect to some of this functional fitness? Absolutely. I've done a lot of that over the years in helping companies to reframe their messaging when we're trying to drive people towards deeper health change. Um, Like I said before, you were exactly right in in what you were talking about in, in finding the deeper why. We know that when we steer people towards that deeper why or maybe you know, if you want to hike into your 90s, what do you need to be doing <laughs> mm-hmm. to prepare your your body for that versus marketing health behaviors to people for appearance-driven uh, goals alone? So I've done a lot of that. We also have taken some of these technologies into different populations with these ideas embedded, these kind of science-driven habit change. Can I would say that from the science, what we've learned is that people who have a functional appreciation of their body are more successful Mm -hmm. at meeting their fitness goals and it once they sort of achieving more achievement of actual fitness goals and more strength or things like that that tends to drive those habits long into our age um, more longitudinally than the short term so all of our business efforts and all of our focuses on developing products for even pivoting some of these products we developed for the Army, for example, for other service um, groups or athletes or high performance and translating that down to civilians, as we say, we've, we've done all that in the business sector as well. Can we access any of your apps or any of the apps that you have developed for, say, the military? Are they available to the general public? The Army app will be available to the general public very soon. So it's, it's going through what is called the official Army commercial, commercialization process, if you will. And in a few months, it will be in the App Store. And anyone can use it because there is a civilian track on the app and a soldier wow. track. So will somebody at LSU or at Pennington get money out of this? As of right now, because it's a research product... Um, and the Department of Defense has actually funded most of our work, the Army will get to use it at no cost um, via academic uh, business license, tech translator. It will be available for no cost in the beginning. And and what is it called? It is called Army Health, and health is an acronym for Healthy Eating Activity Lifestyle Training Headquarters. Wow. Very cool. Well, Tiffany Stewart and Hayden Clark, this has been such an enlightening discussion. So much good information that people need to hear. So both keep preaching this message because you're doing great things for Baton Rouge and keeping us healthier. We look forward to following your continued progress. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Tiffany Stewart of the Pennington Biomedical Research Center and Hayden Clark of Iron Tribe Fitness. You can find out more about the Pennington Biomedical Research Center and Iron Tribe Fitness by going to our website, it's batonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. These photos were taken by Grant Morris. 
You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at alliancesafetycouncil.org and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.